0: And when they're distributed, you can start making money from your podcast right away. No minimum listenership. Start getting that Anchor money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one spot. So what are you waiting for? Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm right now to get started. Now, the Schooner Pod. Quarterback draw all the way.
1: Design draw, yeah. Why not?
0: Look at him go. You're not going to catch him. That's why Kyler Murray is the best player
1: In college football. Hello and welcome
0: to the final regular season edition of the Schooner Pod. I'm Bobby Howard and Jameson feel like we're in groundhog day or something this just keeps repeating i another week another awful defensive performance and frankly honestly i'm a little tired of it i i i, I say we'll, we'll pull pull a little page out of ruffin mcneil's playbook and fido forget on and forgetting i i forgot his thing it's yeah, we're, forget some drive gonna, on Want to know every single week Want to yeah. know every single week so james let's just touch a little bit on the kansas game um we usually go into long-winded rants about how bad things are, but what 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 kind of were your first initial thoughts of
1: this? I uh, I never thought that OU would get to the point where we'd boo our own team, but we started to do that on Saturday. That firing a coach in the midseason is one embarrassment. Whenever you start to begin to boo your own team, that's a second. I mean, Oklahoma is a pretty. I mean, we we get a little crazy with our when we go off on rants, but we're never like a Philadelphia Eagle or something where we'll boo our own team because we're doing bad. We usually kind of stick with them and then just talk trash behind their backs. But during the game, that that really threw me off.
0: Yeah, it was the first time I've heard boo birds at uh, Owen Field since the infamous Mike Stoops uh, having ten guy. 10 yards off on uh Baylor in 2014. Yes. Um, it's it, they the boo birds come out super rare with OU and the thunder and OSU. We're people in Oklahoma just aren't booing ty- the booing type, but honestly against Kansas, I think, I think everyone just kind of lost it.
1: Yeah. It's, so- I mean, it's Kansas. Uh, and we know their reputation. Obviously they're doing a little bit better this season and But we cannot give them any prep because they got they lost to Nichols. I mean, I don't care if they've started to do better. This team lost Nichols. It's it's pathetic, and they're playing with a coach that
0: is fired. So I I don't know. It was just it's it's an inescute. I I know there are two sides of this coin. Uh, I'm somewhere in the middle. I know a lot of people are furious about how bad it was, and a lot of people are just like, "Hey, we won. Let's move on." You're not being a real fan if you aren't like happy about the win. I'm like, no. I can be like okay with the win. But I I think it's I I think you got to be critical of of how bad the defense has played or else you're just not being a realist.
1: Well, absolutely. And I'm at the point where it's just kind of I really I make fun of it, but I'm at that point where it's just kind of survive an advanced stage. Uh these next two games, hypothetical. We we only have one for sure, but these next two games if we can win them. I don't really know if it has to be that ugly. I think if we just win them and then either Michigan or Notre Dame loses, I think we're definitely in. For sure, if Michigan loses to Ohio State, Uh, as the rankings just came out tonight, UCF hopped Ohio State. That shows utter disrespect to to Ohio State. I don't think there's any shot if Ohio State beats Michigan they can get in over us. Um, And we've looked really bad. But if we can just just win and just go one or zero no every week, like Ruffin says, I I think that's good enough.
0: Yeah, I see from a from a player standpoint how that works. For us, it's maddening because the the monster under the bed, the the final boss, I guess, this whole season has been West Virginia's offense with Will Greer. And the fact of the matter is is it's here. Um, it's it, we don't really need to root for it to improve. It, it, it either it we either win or we don't. And then when it comes to Texas, win or you don't. And then in the playoff, hey, whatever. It doesn't performance doesn't matter. The only thing that matters at this point is W's. Talking about will it improve? Will it be good enough for when it matters? Doesn't matter because now it matters. It's it's it, it's win or nothing.
1: Yeah. And we really got to get healthy, healthy. That was a really, really bad problem for us last game. Kennedy Brooks was running the ball every single down. And it looked like he was honestly jogging. He had 25 carries and he could jog for eight yards every single down, but uh, we, we need more running back depth at the beginning of the season. We had arguments of who was we have. We had a deeper at running back or wide receiver, but <laughs> slowly, but surely we keep losing guy after guy, uh, from what I've heard, Trey Sermon uh, aggravated a previous ankle injury, and he was a boot in the sidelines with the street closed. We saw him on the camera a couple times during the Kansas game. He should play against West Virginia, but once again, with Rit Lincoln-Riley, we do not know anything until we turn on the game, essentially. And then with Sledger, he was suited up. Eddie Rudosevich said that he was going to play, and he didn't. Uh, Jeremiah Hall was our backup uh tj pledger's got a hip flexor uh he should be able to play because he suited up for the last game i i don't see any reason why he wouldn't yeah with pledger
0: i mean honestly i think he was probably going to play until weirdly enough until um until sermon went down they're like all right we can't risk just on the off chance of losing one guy um if, if we lose one of our guys then we'll we don't we don't know they didn't know what the sermon thing was, I'm yeah. sure. So I think keeping uh pledger and sermon out was probably a precaution. Um and then I I guess I had to have someone run it. So they're like, Yeah, Brooks, just kinda take it slow.
1: Yeah, because he he looked gassed. Like this guy's not a workhorse. This guy's a change of pace back and Whenever we're giving it to him every single time, and and this would have been great. I I feel like we'd have done much better. I, I I wasn't too astounded with our pass offense. Two hundred seventy-two yards for Kyler Murray is kind of a weird off day for him. He should be getting three hundred yards every single game, and that's mm-hmm. what he's averaging, right? Three oh, hundred something. Yeah, he's averaging. Um, I don't know what, what his averages are,
0: but he's averaging like definitely over three hundred. Uh, this is this was a weird off for him because he's. He's only finished under 300 in a couple
1: games. I'm trying to trying to pull up, pull up the yeah but info here. But yeah, it's the 300. He's averaging. Th- I remember the stat was like he's the only player to um average over 300 yards passing and like 60 yards rushing. I think it is. Yeah, over
0: 300 and over 60. He's only been under 300. Only only let's see four times. Weirdly enough, the first one was FAU. <laughs> um, second time Army. Uh, third time TCU, and then fourth time was KU. KU was the closest of them.
1: Yeah, and I, I feel like the KU game—it's there was a lot of passes. It, it's not like he didn't play to get his three hundred yards. I just feel like there was a couple passes he missed, and I don't. I I kind of have some caution in. Uh, I I did not like seeing him throw another interception, uh, especially versus a Kansas uh, defense that. I, I really like these um, uh, Kyler Heisman talks, but I feel like the amount of interceptions he's thrown has kind of been unacceptable.
0: Yeah, and I, th- I I I feel like anyone who kind of brings up Kyler Murray isn't as good of a passer as a Baker gets a lot of heat because he is beating Baker's efficiency and everything. But if you actually watch the tape, there's a big difference. Uh, the big difference between Baker and Kyler, Kyler doesn't need to throw balls away. He just scrambles. So a lot of incompletions that would be incompletions uh, due to lack of space, you know, no one's open. Kyler just gets some yards out of it. Baker didn't really have that option. So it's the numbers, I think, are a little bit skewed than you would usually see. It's not that he's more accurate. It's that he has he has the option to run. That completely changes him as a player. But as a quarterback, I don't really think he's nearly the quarterback Baker is.
1: No, and there's uh... – a. There was a poll put on Twitter today. I think it was by R.J. Young. So if, if you yeah, were down that. and you were down with one minute and thirty seconds left, uh, down by six, who would you want as your quarterback to lead the drive in it? And it's, I mean, it's. I pick Baker because, I mean, yeah, the efficiency numbers for Kyler is higher, but like you said, it's 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 completely skewed. Uh, Kyler just doesn't have the wherewithal and the composure that Baker had and Baker is the man who come out in clutch positions. I feel like Kyler has been really easily like gotten in positions where he just kind of throws the ball and makes a bad decision. Baylor's, I mean, uh, Baker's IQ is a lot better than that. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I'm really, really pleased with Kyler Cause I mean, we're, we were really skeptical on Kyler in the preseason. I was thinking about that today and uh, I'm really, really blessed with what we got so far, but I mean, there's obvious flaws in his game.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. And, a lot of those flaws that we thought would happen are kind of like they're they're showing up. But if you told us, if you gave us these numbers back in August, we would be thrilled, overjoyed oh with what's God. gone down. This is an OU team that I think, honestly, we, we always have the highest of expectations for OU. I feel like I've thought they were going to win the national championship every year since I was five. Um, but the thing is, like, this is a team that is probably doing better than it should have. I think we, I definitely I think we
1: agree, agree on that. Yeah. And I mean, it's it's with with Kyler and everything, he's exceeded his expectations. But like you said, these interceptions are kind of those small little things that we were worried about. But the one thing that I do not see coming, and one thing that still stuns me, and I, I can only imagine for the people who don't constantly watch OU football, is whenever they see his breakaway speed – there's that one play in the red zone where he just looked around, and he had it back in the pocket, and he said, "Screw it, I'm going to run." And he just outrun everybody. Everyone does not know how to pace the corner on him. No one knows how to stop him. Not even safeties, not even athletic safeties. It's it's unreal. Like I want to get the a clock on this kid's 40. I mean, I we we've got to have it right
0: yeah yeah i mean no we need to have a legit one uh they asked kyler what his 40 was the other day and he said it was a four three but uh the guy is like a handheld one and you know how those can be especially you know especially when it's a coach you know hey let's 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 juice these stats up a bit but um yeah we we gotta see a 40 on this guy because it's it's absurd watching him run it's like watching uh watching i don't know uh, Russell Westbrook on the breakaway or De'Aaron Fox or something. The guy clearly has a different level. It, It's, I think as the, the best way anyone would put it was someone on Twitter said, uh, he looks like a uh, creative player in NCAA that Damn. you feel bad about uh, increasing the, the speed too much because it's just silly. The way just,
1: just outrun the safeties every single time, and if you just do one little move, they're just shook. And the only thing that stops Kyler on his runs is whenever he slides. That's really all it is.
0: It's true. It's it's very true. And um, I think that's you know, I'm going to say it right now. I think that's why Kyler is the best player in college football. Uh, I, I, he's probably not going to win the Heisman because I think the Tua hype was it's probably too far to, too far along and too strong to stop at this point. But the guy, the guy his pass his passing's fantastic one of the best of all time but his his ability to run is like something i've never seen even in young mike vick even geez, i don't know ever uh, other than michael vick who i could compare him to because that
1: athlete that's quarterback runner of all time well, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just talking purely, you know, college wise. And he and, was definitely inadvertently- was not nearly as hyped as he was at the Atlanta Falcons, but it was still there. But this, this amount of hype, I feel like it's kind of caught on late, but now, uh, whenever we have the announcer say that he was the best player in college football, like we're getting some steam rolling here. Like, like I actually think that Kyler Heisman is actually getting some legitimacy here. I don't think it's going to happen either because the back to back thing's kind of weird. And Tua truly is playing better than Kyler. But Kyler does have the potential to do better. Kyler just had a lot of hiccups. And if Kyler would have beat Texas, I, th- yeah. I think there's any doubt in my mind that he would be neck and neck, 50 50. But right now, you got to give Tua, at least after last week. 80 20 75 25
0: yeah and i I think that's that's the biggest part is two has kind of slowed down a bit kyler his production i don't think it's dipped at all if you really look at it i mean the interceptions are a little up but other than that the guy the guy's putting up some serious numbers um i don't know we we would be pretty i I don't think we would be as bad as people think we would be without him but I definitely think we would we would not be talking about the playoffs right now and definitely not be talking about a fourth straight Big 12 title.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. I We've got to be very blessed as Sooners fans. I understand that there's a lot of havoc with our defense right now. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of Mike Stoops naysayers that are wishing him back. Oh,
0: I, I saw a meme where it was like, you miss me now. I'm like, no, you're the reason why we're in this predicament in the first place.
1: Yeah, yeah, he yeah, he was a, a huge part in putting this into play. And it's sort of like, oh, maybe Mike Stoops was the one guy that was keeping this all together, and now it's just all going to crap. No, it was because we started off with Mike Stoops as our head honcho, and we all worked together to create a defense. And now we fire him in the middle of the season, and we're scrambling, and we're still trying to use what we what he put in place. That's what it is. We need to get a new guy in. I hear, I'm hearing a whole bunch of uh, rumblings about Peter Golding.
0: Yeah, that's the name I've heard a lot
1: all over the place. And from what it sounds like, just kind of under from what I've read, Lincoln's kind of talking to recruits, like kind of like he talked. So David I'll I'll talk about this a little um, later in recruiting corner, but he he kind of set him aside and had a private conversation about the future of OU with him and it kind of made it sound like hey this is the guy that we're going to kind of go after he kind of told them the guy so if there's i mean where there's smoke there's fire i'm this peter golding's creating hype uh he's for people who don't know who it is this is alabama's co-defense coordinator He's a young guy he looks like a total frat lord whenever he <laughs> pictures it So that does weird but uh yeah i i it's looking more and more like him but I mean, we can't we can't do anything about our defense now. It's it's set in stone. There's really no fixing. The people who thought it was going to be fixed, it's, you're wrong. Uh, we're just going to have to out shoot out people, and I and I'm fine with that at that point. At this point,
0: yeah. And I kind of mentioned this at the beginning of the season. I think this is just kind of the early stages of a machine that's about to kind of come and start rolling through the Big Twelve. And it's hard to say that it's the beginning of something when we've won four straight, but the thing is what what Lincoln Riley's doing with recruiting and what what he's about to be doing with defense and overhauling that, I think if you can get the defense to at least an average level um, and keep these offensive recruiting the, the offensive recruiting and the just recruiting in general as high as it's been if you can keep that rolling, this is a team that is going to win nationally champion ships with an S I think Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray both of them are fantastic players we had I mean we those are golden age type of players that we just stumbled across but the thing is those teams that they were carrying
1: just flat-out weren't college football playoff level yeah talent football's a a 22-man sport and while we die to have Kyler Murray and Baker um, in these next couple years we need to have a more holistic approach towards towards the season rather than just having one guy and just falling it all upon it. Uh, once we get that kind of solidarity and we, we're recruiting a lot better in defense and working, it's crazy. Look how many returners we're going to have on defense.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's going to be crazy. I, I think, I think, I mean, it's a really young, really, really young uh, secondary, especially. I know that doesn't sound great with, you know, how, how they've been playing, but really a lot of this team is young. Um I feel like there are some people who are worried that with Kyler leaving, that this is like a window closing. I think for the past four years, the window's been closed and Baker Mayfield and Kyler have been breaking the window open. Um, this is about to be a team whose true championship window is about to open in about a year or two. And this is, this is going, it's going to get fun. This is just the beginning y'all.
1: Yeah. And i am I'm not going to lie. I'm a little worried about the quarterback situation next year, about we don't know if we're going to play a true freshman, Spencer Rattler, and Austin Kendall really hasn't lived up to the hype that we saw. There's transfer talks, blah, blah, blah. Who knows? Mason Fine from UNT. Kelly Brown. That's my guy. Kind of go off. And Mason Fine's a Locust Grove kid. That'd be nice to have. I, I think he'd be a great addition for next year. I would That's- love. To see, I would love to see a transfer. But, Does Quinn uh, Shanbor have any eligibility left? God, how is that dude still playing? I thought that dude was like two years older than us.
0: He actually, yeah, he, he was like two years older than us. But the other night, he actually came in for Mason Fine, who hurt his hand.
1: Two touchdowns.
0: Yeah, yeah, he was he was a player of the game for them. He led them to a win over uh, FAU and our our buddy Lane.
1: I, I have no idea how that man is still eligible, but good for him. <laughs> uh, oh my god, that's I, crazy. Well, no, I, I, we got a good future uh just going back before we move on to west virginia just people curious about injuries because i was i looked into it so i i on trey sermon and pledger justin bros had a really scary injury at the end of the um near the end of the game last week and uh it's designated as an upper body injury that is really really vague uh but it's, he's going to be a concussion protocol, and he's not going to play next week. I wouldn't be surprised if he's out for the season because that looks something very, very serious. The man was walking on the sides of his feet. He said he was okay on Twitter and everything, and he was talking, and that's a good sign. But th- there's something motor wasn't going on right. They, that's, that's a two-week concussion if we're lucky. Uh, I don't really like that. Neville Gallimore, uh, lower body injury. He was on the street clothes. He should be available for next game. Mark Jackson was in street clothes last game. He should be good. Jordan Parker, uh, we don't, I, from what people are saying, from what I've read, it's not looking like he's going to be able to play next week. Uh, it's been, our, our safety situation has been really weird, anyways, but I feel like we've kind of really set in with Barnes at the safety and then Buki at the other one. So, um, without, uh, Having broils at the nickel, it's going to be really interesting. We saw a lot of Patrick Fields came in a little bit, and then a lot of Delarin Turner-Yale, too. So I would expect to see more Delarin Turner-Yale with Jordan Parker and Justin Broyles hurt and see more Buki move into the nickel as well. I really yeah. what I've seen from Turner-Yale.
0: Yeah, uh, Turner-Yale Turner has been getting a lot of burn recently, and I've really, really liked how he's looked whatever
1: he gets he's, he's going for the he's he's try, he's one of the few guys on the team who's putting his head down, really wants to go make a hit and make a tackle.
0: Yeah, and, and aggression is is very much what we need as we go into West Virginia. Um well really that's kind of that's kind of all the thoughts I have, you know, for Kansas in the past of this. Well, it's it's OU talks about championship November. It's it's this is really championship November now like Kansas OSU tack whatever this is what they're talking about. Let's buckle down, dive a little bit into the West Virginia game. Um obviously not the huge game that we thought we would have. Um g- coming in with OS- with West Virginia taking that loss to uh the Cowboys in Stillwater last week, but uh they're still th- a very scary team. Jamison, what's what are your um what are your thoughts on how West Virginia looked in Stillwater and if this is a team that we should expect to see, I don't know, kind of look res- looking resurgent.
1: All in all, I mean, I still thought they looked pretty good. I just think OSU played a great game aside from Corndog throwing two picks, but he still had five touchdowns. I mean, Corndog's looking better and better as the season goes. Uh, and that's just credit to OSU's system. I feel like OSU always does really well in offense and, West Virginia's defense is suspect. Uh, I understand OU's offense can tear apart almost any single defense, but uh, we're, we're going to have some holes. It's going to be a shootout. Uh, take the over. The over has been the the over under on this is just been rough so quickly, and it's it's going crazy. Uh, it's at
0: like eighty four right now.
1: Yeah, but it started like way lower than that, like when it opened, and, and I, I don't know why, but. Uh, bet on the over West Virginia's defense ain't there. But once again, every single game, I'm going to go look at the star wide receivers and see what their heights are. David Sills is six, four. And who I think actually is going to get more looks on us is Gary Jennings. He's six, two. He's the other really, really good wide receiver. I really like what I've seen from Gary Jennings this year, Bobby. Uh, I think he's a stud and I think he's really kind of overshadowed by Sills cuz Sills was that preseason all American name coming into the season. Sills hasn't lived up to the hype as much. He's still really good, but I really like Jennings.
0: Yeah, uh that's the thing. It's I think I I would agree with you. I think Jennings probably is the better receiver uh, this year. Sills, he's a C- he has the whole senior boost and the name recognition boost, but the guy's numbers are down and his targets are down. But if you look at if you look at um Sills's, I guess, highest. Uh, oh, what I'm gonna try to look at. Uh, biggest reception of each game. He he's been known to kind of leak out a bit for these big twenty yards or t- uh, twenty thirty yard catches. So he's he still his Greer's go kind of go to. But I would look. I, w- I would definitely. I don't know. I I don't think I don't think he's going to be the one to burn us this time.
1: Yeah, and West Virginia is kind of They threw the ball forty eight. Um, times last time but they still ran the ball they gave their number one running back 21 carries versus OSU so it's going to be more of a balanced attack uh I I really don't know what to think that uh the McCoy kid as the running back isn't someone who to be really scared of but it it, the thing is let's just hope Kyler stays composed and doesn't throw his interceptions and have his turnovers because it's going to be back and forth uh say similar to West Virginia game in Morgantown, whenever it was Gino and he's throwing a Tavon Austin.
0: Yeah. The, uh, yeah. The 2012 one Tavon Austin tearing us up him and Stephen Bailey.
1: Yes. I think it's going to be almost the feeling going into that game in this game. I feel like it's going to be almost identical because going into that game, I was very, very cautious about if we were going to win or not. And we came out and we won the very, in a huge shootout. And I I mean that's that's legitimately I feel almost exactly the same.
0: Yeah, this is going to be a last man you know last man with the ball win situation. Um, I, it, 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 I mean, people strap in; it's going to be intense, especially because I feel like this Kennedy McCoy kid. Um, not only did he do great on the ground, but he can really kind of leak out there, catch catch some balls, really make life hell for the defense. Kind of reminded me of uh, Puka Williams for Kansas last year. Now it's weird that I'm warning you about a guy being like a Kansas running back, but that guy had a career day on on us, and I really think that I really really think this Kenny McCoy kid can just absolutely to- torch us. But I wouldn't I wouldn't really look at him to be kind of the, the guy to worry about. Um, the thing is, Will Greer, their quarterback, Heisman candidate, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, not only does he have you know the tools, but he has the guts. The guy, the guy, simply just can really get get the ball down the field, win a game for you when you, you really need to. Honestly, they should have beat OSU. It was they had an awful clock management decision. Let about nine seconds run off the clock after a first down, wasted two, two just, just wasted two, uh, two uh, timeouts
1: yeah i I have no idea why didn't they call that timeout earlier and they just let the let the clock run i i don't know man it it's
0: it's rough and i i think i think a big key advantage o u has is coaching I don't think dana Holgerson's a great coach
1: yeah, and I think Dana holgerson especially whenever he plays o s u it's kind of just that that monkey on his back that you really can't buck off too much it's it kind of lets the passion get to him. And Lincoln Riley, uh, m- my God, I mean, you got to say he's the best coach in college football at this point by how, how much hype he's getting. Uh, yeah. And Dana Holgerson, he's a great coach. Don't get me wrong. It's just he definitely has his flaws. Of
0: course. And I think a lot of his flaws come down to game management. And while Lincoln isn't exactly some sort of master game manager, he's had some questionable play call decisions when it comes down late. I still – he, the guy the guy has a is just at a completely different level level from dana and i i trust him uh we don't we haven't seen a ton of close games uh with with him at the helm but with that being said i think i think that it's gonna work out fine i'm a i'm a i am am aii think o u has a real shot at winning this one it's just it's really just gonna be a coin flip to, to see who doesn't make mistakes what, well, which let me clarify that which offense doesn't make mistakes? We know both defenses are going to make tons of them. Which offense doesn't turn the ball over is going to win the game. And
1: that's so scary from an OU standpoint because we're horrible at forcing turnovers, and Kyler has been very well known to force um, get turnovers in big time games. So are we going to turn the script? we've been looking for a turn of the script the whole season. I keep saying, oh, I feel like we're going to get a big turnover this game. I feel like we're going to get big special teams this game. We need a big turnover or a big special teams play this game if we are going to win. That is simple as that. I'm going to put that in stone. If we do not get one of those two, if we do not get a long punt or a blocked punt, something like that, we're, we're not going to win. This would be a big time for Beamer
0: Ball to uh, come into play. We We had a pretty big yeah. Speaking of last week, we had a pretty big, um, pretty big block punt. Or block. Yeah, that was a block punt, right? Yeah, block punt for a touchdown, um, and some pretty nice returns. I feel like the returning game has kind of gotten some, you know, heat to it. It seems like it's it's we're we're just long overdue for for a big special teams punt return or kick return touchdown, and it'd, it'd be just very nice to have it here.
1: Yeah, we definitely need something for momentum's sake especially being on the road, that's going to be tough. Uh, Morgantown is an electric environment. It's someplace I've always wanted to go. It's going to be a great time for all senior fans that go there, and I'm really jealous. Yeah,
0: yeah so honestly, same here. I, I'm having some major FOMO this first game I won't be at in person, which is, you know, for, like, first-world problems or whatever, but still, the FOMO is going to be for real. Um, Yeah, no, that's, that's the thing is I – I think the thing the thing is you haven't seen from OU recently is there's just no, this sounds like such a lame argument, but there's no swagger. Like, the defense doesn't have this look that it usually does whenever it needs to win big games. And that's been the thing that has always gotten the edge against West Virginia since they've been in the Big 12. OU is 6-0 and against them, and every time you see OU comes out with this fired-up edge, they look like they own them, because they do. And they are I think they're they're three and zero in Morgantown. Um, they're coming. In, they're coming in again. Uh, they 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 got they got to look confident, but not full like full of themselves. They 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 really got to bring this edge that we haven't seen much at all this season, yeah. especially defensively.
1: Well, I got a question for you, Bobby. Does the look good, play good argument come in with these jerseys? I think it does. I I don't know
0: why. I I I have bad uh, like always a bad feeling whenever they break them out, except against West Virginia, because for some reason they can't beat us in it. We're I think also undefeated whenever we play them in uh in the Rough Rider Unis. So if if they go, they need to break out the cream cream uh cream cream crimson with the uh uh white white helmets, white jerseys, uh red pants or something like that. Because oh, yeah. I don't know that that's that out or that um, combination they wore against uh, against him with the Baker game in the snow. That that was that is
1: it right there. That was beautiful.
0: Oh yeah. So I I, I don't know. I, I'm confident, but not. I don't know. I'm I'm not sure at all. I
1: it's it's definitely a coin flip, like you said.
0: Yeah, because I think they. I think I think OU flat out wants to win, but also hell, West Virginia does too. It's it's for the Big 12 championship. It's a Big 12 semifinal.
1: Yep, and Texas is in a semifinal match with Kansas.
0: <laughs> yeah, and oh my gosh, wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be the funniest thing ever for Texas to lose to Kansas?
1: If, if Kansas, if Kansas wins, we're going no matter what to the Big Twelve Championship.
0: Yeah, so really, you want you want Kansas to win, but man, man, it, mainly because it would be. I don't think Texas could recover from that. I think they just got kind of to disband the program if they lose to Kansas in their one
1: chance to be "quote unquote" back. Oh my god, that would yeah, be Terminator would have to get some. Yeah, he's gonna get. He already getting a bad enough bad rap right now, but I mean, he'd have to get a little bit more.
0: Yeah, well, I don't know. They Kansas has that Mad Hatter magic now, so
1: oh, I love it. I'm so ready to see that next season. You see, uh, do you see his uh, recording of him trying to talk at the post game. Did we already talk about this? I, I, no,
0: I don't think we did. Where they they asked him about his uh, offensive style, he started talking about community uh, <laughs> so outreach. He
1: just, we're going, uh, <laughs> uh yeah, uh, and he just legitimately had no idea what to say.
0: He ended the clip with saying, "I'm having a heartfelt." <laughs> You're having a heartfelt. What? What? What do you? What is a heartfelt? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> he was just lost for words and just said i'm gonna act like i'm emotional here
0: oh geez it's it's what well, that's gonna be a disaster i think but i think it's just gonna be like a charlie weiss 2.0 type move i don't i don't see him doing they, much they had,
1: they had to try something different so good for them
0: yeah good for kansas good for good for ku so all right well that that's all I have for the preview. Jameson, uh, let's take a little trip to the Cruton Corner. You got anything good for us
1: this week? Uh, not really. Not really too much from uh, the Kansas weekend. We had a couple of visitors. No one really too significant to talk about. There's this guy named Maren Cunningham. We offered him. He's a 2019 JUCO offensive lineman. He's looking to decide in early December. Uh, mainly we made the decision because Tremond Moore's release on Moore we've been having talks for him with him for a while and he's wanting he was wanting a transfer and he I guess he broke some rule and that's we decided we just cut ties with him but now we have an extra scholarship that we need an offensive line especially with the question marks of Cody Ford and Bobby if we don't know if we're gonna get them back uh, so we're, we need to offer another tackle so he's our guy uh he's nothing special just a three-star kind of just place filler last Last case resort, you know. Uh, Juan David Igawoogaboo that I was talking about earlier. I have no idea if I'm saying that right. But uh, once again, it's looking like he's the number one. And really good sign that Lincoln had this kind of conversation with him about the future of OU. I really like that, just reiterating that. Tyrion Davis is a name that y'all need to keep on remembering for running back. I don't know if he's going to switch from LSU over to OU. Uh the the report I was reading is he's like really like wanting to go to the NFL like really bad and he does whatever he can do to get there quickest. I mean, it helps to go to SEC because a lot of SEC running backs go to the NFL. But at the same time, OU gives an opportunity to every single running back and the hot hand wins. And if he's a big believer in himself and he thinks that he is an NFL talent, he's gonna get the shot to show it if he comes to OU. So That's definitely something to look at. And then last thing, just quick, Bryce Young, five-star quarterback, 2020 guy that we were really going after. It was between us and USC, and he committed to USC back in summer. Uh, He's starting to think more about OU after seeing how poor USC is. Oh, it's a meltdown. lost to UCLA, I'm very glad we all picked UCLA in that one. That was a great choice, just saying, screw it. Let's pick UCLA and just hope for the (laughs) best. That was awesome. I really enjoyed seeing that. Uh, but yeah, Bryce Young's going to start looking more back into OU, but he didn't want to go to OU even though he really was leaning more towards OU in the beginning because he's very intimidated by Spencer Rattler. He knows how good he is. He played in the West with him, Spencer Rattler being from Arizona, Bryce Young being from California. He's seen his tape. He knows that it's going to be a lot of competition. It's going to be hard to get in and play early, but who wants to go to USC right now with Clay Helton's? future very very big question mark so that's that's a good sign but all in all really nothing too much uh nothing too much to follow i don't really suspect any eyes anytime soon but that osu weekend was awesome um we're still kind of learning a little bit more pieces about that week as we go
0: yeah it sounds like os like the osu weekend was kind of the big one uh kind of the barbecue you know kind of uh the ou or champion barbecue level kind of event of the season I guess so say so hopefully that you know turns out to you know come out pretty good for us so all right um I don't know I think I'm ready to dive into the picks we got a pretty interesting week kind of rivalry week I guess this is the last big one before the uh, conference championship so let's let's dig in first off we have probably the biggest rivalry of them all and probably the biggest game honestly we have uh here on out when it comes to the playoff picture. Number four Michigan at number ten, Ohio State. The Wolverines are favored by four in the horseshoe. Um Jameson, what do you think about this? This is this is a tough one.
1: Watching Michigan on Saturday made me double, like start double thinking them. I, I mean I I've heard like Tyler's talking about in our group text that, that people, Michigan fans um are really kind of down on them. I've, I've talked to some Michigan fans that are, that I work with and actually they're very, very high on them on the, on the contrary. So I'm kind of getting mixed reports on that. Me personally, just watching this Michigan team, I've just been extremely impressed by one Shea Patterson's uh, efficiency and two this Michigan defense. Uh, and I can't say the same about Ohio State. I, I can't put my foot down and say something I've been really pleased with. Uh, their offense was really good, but I, I feel like they should be running the more with Dobbins. And I thought Dobbins was going to be the guy to make a big step this year, and he really hasn't. And their defense gave up 50-plus points to Maryland. And Maryland should have won if they could have thrown a pass that was straight in front of them. Uh, I'm cheering for God, Ohio That was awful. But I, I've got Michigan double digits in this one
0: yeah, I think that's very fair. Um, Michigan is the better team by pretty much every metric. Let's be honest. Ohio State's looked like garbage this entire season. I think, at least uh, they their best win is what TCU, I guess. Penn State. I don't. I don't really believe in either of those.
1: It's things. probably Penn State in these new rankings. It would uh, be Penn State. But I, guess. I was uh, yeah. I was impressed at the time with the TCU. Yeah. No.
0: I was. Yeah. I i agree I, at the time it looked like a pretty gutty win but tc just doesn't look that good so really there's not much for me to pick with the buckeyes other than this urban meyer has not lost to michigan uh they are current i think they're some like 12 and 2 in the past 14 games and with this being at the big house i just you know what i i got i'm gonna go ohio state and this might just be a wishful thinking type of pick but i got the buckeyes uh I got the Buckeyes winning this one. I think it's going to be a very close game. I think it's going to be one of those where you look at these Ohio State seasons and they'll do they'll kind of do this a lot. They'll start up out, out good, have a really crappy gap in the middle and then somehow get the strength for Michigan in the championship game and then everyone acts like they're incredible. Yeah. Um so yeah, you know what? I got the Buckeyes winning this at home. I think they get I think they get a push behind the fact that this is like the rivalry game for them. Uh, and I think they get a push behind I think I think Michigan has a mental block against them. And uh if if Ohio State can really throw a haymaker or too early and Michigan starts that slow, give me the Buckeyes.
1: Okay, I would love to see that. And I guess I'm kinda of hedging my bets here whenever I'm picking Michigan to win, and then I'm really, really hoping for Ohio State. That's going to be a great game to watch on Saturday night. Another great game to watch is Notre Dame at USC. That is our second game that we are watching for playoff implications for OU trying to get that four spot. USC is a ten-and-a-half-point dog. What do you think on this one, Bobby? Um, This
0: is one where, honestly, wishful thinking, I would want USC to pull this off. It is a home game for them, you know. This if Clay Helton has any respect from his players, they're going to play hard and everyone wants to knock off. You know, everyone wants to take off the king. I just don't think Notre Dame is that type of team that is going to lose this. They're one win away from the college football playoff without a doubt. And not only that, they're a pretty damn good team. Uh, Ian Books got that ball humming. They just shut down that Syracuse team who is just awful looking. Um, give me give me Notre Dame really big, like really big. Um Sorry USC, sorry Ford. Not going to happen.
1: Yeah, I I see two I see two possibilities in this. I see USC trying to come out this is their last ditch effort. They just made a huge embarrassment for UCLA last week and they realized that even though this game on the small end doesn't really mean much, it means so much for their momentum going forward as a program. And Clay Helton knows that. This is kind of a do or die game for him. I that he needs to go out and play well in. And then the Notre Dame, this is their, if they win, they're in. And you got to think Kelly's going to be ready to push them in and get that And That Syracuse game was dominant. Their defense looked amazing. It sucked that Dungy got hurt right at the beginning. That was such a fluke, weird event that happened. And they had to bring in some guy named DeVito. I, I didn't think Danny DeVito was going to be a good quarterback for Syracuse. <laughs> But no, oh my gosh, escrocious. Syracuse was lucky to even score three points. Uh But, so, but I could see Notre Dame blowing out, but I could see USC kind of keeping it just close from afar. They've got talent there. You know, there's something there. And if they can get fired up, they can keep it within shooting distance. Notre Dame had some plays in Syracuse were on offense. They kind of didn't look too dominant and they kind of falter out, but they had so many opportunities because their defense was completely dominating, Give me USC plus plus chain a half and a backdoor cover. This is too hard of a game for me to pick. I say USC loses by 10, backdoor touchdown. That's. I think that's fair.
0: I tell you, though, that DeVito guy looked like he was playing with a stomach full of rum ham. Oh, my. Pretty bad. Yeah,
1: God, he probably blinded just the same. God, it was horrible.
0: It was awful. Well, next up, we got the weirdest neutral site game, it, annual one, uh, probably of all time, between two just— I don't even know what to think of either of these guys, Either of these teams. Baylor versus Texas Tech at AT&T Stadium. The Red Raiders are favored by six and a half. This is just a – I don't know what to do with this. This is gross. Jameson, have any, do you have any idea about this?
1: Well, I thought Texas Tech had some good momentum until last week, and they lost to K-State. After, after that, I do not know anything what's going on in the Big 12. I feel like Texas Tech was one of the more teams I could kind of get a read on and kind of figure things out with them. Now, not after that. Uh, Baylor's put up fights, but then they looked absolutely like crap versus TCU last week. Uh, completely they flat. Them, six points. They they gave that game completely to TCU. They had so many opportunities, so many turnovers, and that's why I'm picking Baylor in this one to cover plus six and a half. Baylor looked like they had the opportunity to win by double digits versus TCU last week and just didn't. Texas Tech losing to K-State is a huge deflator. I understand that it's, I mean, so where's the game? Where's, is it neutral? Where, where exactly is it? It's at Jerry World. Yeah, like, that's just so weird. If it was at Texas Tech in Lubbock, I'd feel more inclined to go towards Texas Tech here. But that's just too weird for me. I don't see Texas Tech buying in at all after last week. It's just going to be an ugly game. Give me Baylor plus six and a half.
0: Yeah, they been playing at jerry world for the past 10 years for some weird reason and then they had one weird year where they played the cotton Bowl. it's just it makes no sense i mainly like the neither of these teams make any sense to me i can't cipher anything about them they're they're a virtual spider-man meme of a team of this is a a spider-man meme of a matchup both five and six overall both just mediocre having no idea what to go with them uh I think I'm gonna go with Baylor just off the fact that they're starting that their starter Charlie Brewer is gonna be in. Um, I don't know. I I, I don't I don't trust either of them. I, I'm staying as far away from this game as possible. It's a coin flip. Yeah. Um. But give me the Bears. I. It I, just because I say that and because you said it, uh, Tech's probably gonna win. But I'm going Baylor.
1: Yeah. So before we forget, let's go back to our last. Out of uh, out of conference game, Washington at Washington State. Uh, what do they call it? Like the Apple Bowl or something like that? Something something. The Apple them? Cup. The Apple Cup. Yes. So the Apple Cups got Washington State as a two and a half point favorite. I love picking Washington State. It's just too fun. Mike Leach is fun to pick. I love seeing his post game. I love this mustache business. It's dirty. I love it. Washington has been so weird this year and they're starting to do a little bit better as of now, but they're just so irrelevant now that just give me Washington State because I think I can only see Washington State being a one loss. And if there's some kind of scenario where OU versus Washington State is versus Ohio State is the story, I'm going to be really, really nervous that Washington State's going to get in over us. I just kind of see that coming. Uh, give me Washington state two and a half here.
0: And okay. Quick little side there. I don't think Washington state has, has a shot when you look at the playoff, because if you look at their non-conference, they played nobody. It's, but it's some like, hold on. I'm pulling it up right now. They opened up with Wyoming, then San Jose state and then Eastern Washington. <laughs> that is
1: awful. They're, they're not in the sec. Yeah, that's true. They don't get
0: the, they don't get the right to have an awful non-conference. All right, they're, they're in the Pac-12. They have to earn that right. Um, <laughs> so honestly, you know, I, I don't think Washington State's probably that much of a threat unless – I don't know. It, it, de- it depends on how well they keep doing. If uh, gardner Minshaw keeps lighting it up, I don't know. I, I, I don't think they have a chance, but let's just I, – honestly, I don't think they'll get the chance. I'm going Washington here. Picking against uh, Washington State, uh, a little I know that's weird. I know that's suicide, pretty much when when it comes to you know your money. But you know what? I I, ju- I just have a weird feeling the Huskies are going to pull off an upset here. There's been such a lack of drama. It's it's too quiet, and I just feel like if there's any, going to be any drama, the bar line is going to be Washington taking off Washington State on the road. It's that's it's just this one's just really a, a dart in the shot in the dark. I, I'm going to go with Washington. I think Jake Browning and crew get it done.
1: All right. That's that's fair. I can definitely see that. That's definitely a game I really don't feel in too inclined to pick. The yeah. most confident i felt as far as my Michigan line. Uh, but next up is another wonderful line that is just so easy to pick because they have my favorite team, K-State, at Iowa State. K-State is a 13-and-a-half point dog on the road. I already know what you're going to pick, but let's hear it. Kansas State. What? I'm going with Kansas State. I
0: have a weird feeling about this here. again here. That's what they call the rivalry. Iowa State just, they were this close, and things fell apart for them against Texas. I think they're going to come out flat here. Uh, Kansas State sneakily, just sneakily gets this one. I don't. I just have a feeling that K State, you know, they're they're go- they're just going out with a bit of a bang here. I I I think they 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 get a win here and somehow I can't believe I'm saying this somehow will be bowl eligible. Kansas State just somehow, actually no, they wouldn't be bowl eligible because they're not going to win. But I think they're going to try to get to be bowl eligible. Come out short. But Iowa State has nothing to play for. They're playing Drake on Saturday. And I and I'm not talking about, you know, like a concert or thing. They're they're playing a terrible team. They have nothing to play for that really matters, you know. I think they have a bit of a letdown game here. So give me Kansas State to cover.
1: Yeah. Um, I I can see that. Uh just a little aside before we go on. Uh, TCU, Iowa State. Uh, well, Iowa State's already there. So TC, um, TCU, OSU just got their bowl eligible, but TCU, K State, Texas Tech, Baylor are all fighting for bowl eligibility this weekend. And uh, I don't know. I just don't. I just don't see K State making a bowl. I, I I think Iowa State's definitely going to win. It's definitely by how much? Uh, I, I think I think they win by over fourteen. Uh, K State's just weird. I don't know how they beat Texas Tech week last week, but. Maybe it was c weren't they at home? I will give it to them. Yeah, they,
0: they were at home. They had the uh, Manhattan push, but this is an Ames.
1: Yeah, this is Ames and Ames has been quite spooky this year. Uh continuous spooky Ames. Uh I've picked a g- different from you every single pick this far, so give me Iowa State. It's a four PM
0: game. I can't tell if four PM is spooky. Oh no, sp- no it's six PM. It just that- adjusted. It's a night game.
1: Oh, oh Bobby. I'll give you an opportunity to change. oh it. I don't know. Oh, that's tough.
0: You know what? I—that's gross. I—I'm sticking to my guns. I think Kansas State gets a really weird cover here. Be backdoor. I just think they get a weird, gross cover. Probably kind of like how Baylor covered. Okay. Alrighty. I—I'm I, going up. I'm—I'm I'm going against my favorite boys, but I just—I just have a weird feeling that about Kansas State here. All right. I can tell you 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 legit feel bad for me here cuz you know I'm I'm making a, a mistake and I think I know I'm making one too. Kansas, Especially Iowa State are kind of both your boys is the thing. Kansas State, I I feel like I always they were my boys early and then I immediately turned on them. But I I, I feel like I feel like they got a little magic they're going to try to win one for win one last uh, bowl game for Bell Snyder and they'll come up short. But I think it's I think they're going to fight a lot harder than Iowa State does. And I think that is what uh I, gives me the edge of picking the cover um next up we got osu at tcu uh pokes are f- favored by four and a half uh, frogs have, have, have you know they, they're showing life here uh do you think they get a bowl excuse me do you think they get a uh, bowl eligibility here
1: no they do not i'm <laughs> <laughs> <That was laughs> just <a> pretty sure <laughs> yeah to say ahead, in Spanish, no uh they were so lucky to win that baylor game last week Baylor just handed to it on a silver platter, and TCU tried to screw it up as much as they could. Uh, OSU, yeah, it's been kind of disappointing, but they're coming off a big win in West Virginia, and I just think that they're just going to throw the ball all over TCU. Uh, they're going to keep on riding on Tylen Wallace-Belindikoff campaign, which actually is looking somewhat legitimate, like it's going to happen. Uh, it's him, It's him versus Judy. The uh, wide receiver for Alabama, pretty much. There's a third guy, but I don't think he's in it. So it says pretty much Tylen Wallace versus Judy. Uh, Tylen Wallace is a beast. Cornelius is throwing the ball pretty decently. It's TCU. Does TCU even want to play a bowl game? I don't think they want to. Just just for the sake of the Big 12, we do not want to see TCU in a bowl game. Give me OSU minus four and a half. I don't want to be what Pac 12's bowl record was last year.
0: Yeah, I, I get that. And see, the problem is it's going to be a mess anyways because we have currently four five, and 5-6 teams and one 6-5 and five team. So it's, I mean, the, the bulk of the Big 12 is just really gross at the moment. But That being said, I've just, I don't know. OSU is hard to figure out, so I'm going to go with, once again, the team that I think is going to fight harder. I think TCU covers this one. Oh I think it's going to be close. <laughs> I'm losing my mind here. I'm going against all my strategies this season because I don't think the Big 12 makes sense. So I'm going – I don't think the Big 12 makes sense, for one. For two, I think there are a lot of teams that are fighting for something with – something on the line with the other team. but There's not as much on the line, and they don't really care as much. So I'm going with TCU. I think they, I think they cover and get a win here. I think that's a sneaky one. But I, I got the Frogs. I think the Frogs are going to get it and sneak into I, – I don't know, the Armed Forces Bowl or something – which would be weird because that's a home
1: game, but. Oh God. (laughs) We've, we said different every single time. Here's next one. Texas at Kansas up in Lawrence, Kansas is only 14 and a half point dogs. Uh, I don't know. Texas is weird, especially when it comes down to playing in Lawrence. Do you think there could be a catastrophe that happens again?
0: As much as I hate to say it. No, I think I think Texas might struggle here, but I think they got they they definitely have a, have a at least a 17 point cover in them. Um man, I this is a tempting one cuz I would love to pick Kansas to cover here. I got I got to go with Texas. I think Texas is going to cover this one.
1: Well, 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 well. I hate to buy the Kansas hype, but guess what I'm doing it. Kansas <laughs> 14 and a half. And most of it, most of it's not. It's not because of Kansas. It's more because of Texas. I, this Ellinger shoulder issue is just really weird. And I've just never really bought in too much with Bouchelle. Uh, I think uh, give me Texas by fourteen in a narrow one. I think that's going to be really kind of a weird, weird thing. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I don't expect too much from Puka like he did last game. But Kansas got this weird kind of fire recently. Like they seem to got some attitude. They got some dog in them. I guess they kind of fired up about this less miles uh hire. Screw it. Kansas and Lawrence versus Texas is just something special. Fourteen and a half Kansas. I'm gonna use my swap a bit here and
0: go with uh <laughs> Kansas as as well, actually. I'm I'm changing my mind. Uh, um yes. I, th- I think I think <laughs> I don't know. I just have a feeling here that um I just have a feeling here Texas I think they're I think their Super Bowl is like Iowa State. I think they're gonna come out a little flat. Oh, yeah. Jamison, I'm sorry to interrupt the podcast. I have breaking news. Um, TCU is currently losing to Lipscomb in basketball. Oh, what do you know? What do you know? What is this We're thing? moving to talking basketball already. TCU is down nine to Lipscomb.
1: Oh, man. And who called it? Well, a year late, but still.
0: In case you didn't know, Lipscomb is, for some reason, Jamison's favorite uh, I-don't-know-what-they-are team. I, see,
1: as a kid, I would go and play in the courts, and I'd be like Lipscomb for the win in the March Madness, like Cinderella team, and that's kind of how I always picked it. I picked Lipscomb as an upset as a 15th seed versus North Carolina in last March Madness bracket. Didn't work, but they covered. So that's true. It, it,
0: it, you know, the only thing better than winning is covering. So the Lipscomb Bisons. That's not. It's Bison Lipscomb, not Bisons. So the team the team with the incorrect nickname is uh beating TCU. yeah
1: I I'm very happy right now. Blake seems to be really upset.
0: I, I don't blame him. I'm sure he's pretty upset about, about those those lipscomb bisons. Um next up, uh, so that was a precursor to our, our big game. Probably the game of the year in the Big Twelve. What 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 looks to be the big game of the year. Uh number six OU at number thirteen, uh, West Virginia. This line has fluxed a lot. It was Pickham uh, a little earlier, but now it's at o, uh, OU minus a point and a half. Basically, just a toss up. Jameson, what do you think? Do you, th- do you think the Sooners can get this big win, move on to a uh, conference championship, and
1: ex- extend our run just a little longer? I keep on picking OU to cover and all this stuff, and it never really works out, you know? And we keep on disappointing. But it doesn't matter with this one. We're only one and a half point favorites. We just got to win in advance, one and no every week, right? Just even- win, baby. We just gotta win by two. We can do that. We're winning this game because we want to know every single week. Ruffin knows how to win games. We haven't lost with Ruffin as a defensive coordinator, and it ain't gonna change. Come on, give me, give me OU minus one and a half. Honestly, keep.
0: Let's the run's gonna keep going. OU's West Virginia's daddy. I think. I think Kyler Murray's gonna run it up all all over that weak West Virginia defense. I think. I think what we're going to see is you know the standard pregame scuffle, and West Virginia is going to back down because that's what West Virginia does. They're a mentally soft team led by a mentally soft coach, and OU, I don't think they, they're not going to run over them because the defense is going to be a, is a, a trash fire, but OU, I think, I think, pulls out the win. I think it's going to be close. I'm going to call it right now. Uh, Kyler Murray touched down to Grant Calcaterra uh, for a game-winner with forty eight seconds left, oh, wins
1: forty eight seconds that's a lot of time left for West Virginia to go down,
0: yeah, that's a good point, but yeah forty eight's a little much that's okay, uh but yeah, that's the point. got the centers, so that was uh that's that's our slate um well, basketball uh, not a lot to talk about here, but we got got the big battle for atlantis. Are you uh planning to watch any sooners
1: while you eat some turkey? I, I so the game's tomorrow at uh, Wednesday as in eleven a.m. and I'm actually unfortunately working tomorrow at that time. So uh, good thing is I carry a, a computer around, so hopefully I'll be able to catch the score for a little bit. But uh, yeah, Florida's a good game on the surface. I'd love to see how we play against big opponents. Uh, Wofford, I don't. I wasn't too um, happy with how we played versus Wofford. The Terriers came out there and got a good old cover on us.
0: Just be, well i I also was going live going with live betting it was a ten and a half initially so I'll give him that but um yeah I don't know I think I think this is a team that could be pretty good we, we really have no idea um Brady manic uh has not failed to get a double double in any game this season yet so that's pretty awesome I guess it's very weird um but yeah uh quick quick little little Thanksgiving question here are
1: you you're more of a turkey guy or ham guy turkey definitely i i, I agree I, i'm a huge ham person when it comes down to like deli sandwiches and everything but thanksgiving is a situational thing definitely turkey i like white meat rather than dark meat i will still eat the dark meat but white meat's my favorite when it comes out of turkey Great. i'll mix i'll mix it up i think i think i think if you
0: base if you have a main ham for your turkey or for your Thanksgiving. I think you're a little wrong there. It's, it's, you gotta do, you gotta do turkey, turkey for Thanksgiving, ham for
1: Christmas. So if you can, I do, you know, I'm not going to dog people eat ham for Thanksgiving. You just gotta have turkey with the ham.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, no, it, it makes a great accessory to the turkey, which speaking of accessories, what's the best, uh, what's the, what's the, what's the best, um, Thanksgiving appetizer?
1: My, I love cornbread stuffing. That's, that's my thing. I, I, I can't get enough of that. And then, oh, yeah. one thing my mom makes is kind of this pretzel. We call it salad, but it's just kind of like a, a like a strawberry jello on top with cream cheese and these pretzels It's like kind of a crust. And that's always my favorite.
0: That's that's fair. My favorite is this uh, is this hash brown casserole, which is just. It's really it's really kind of self explanatory. It's you know hash browns, cheese, got all sorts of stuff in it. I don't really know. I I I I eat it too quick to really um, observe the recipe, and I'm usually too distracted uh, when people are making it at dinner time to know what's in it. But it's it's I think it's it's my go to when it when it comes to when it comes to appetizers. So um, yeah, that's our show for the week. Uh, thank you all for listening. Y'all have a very happy Thanksgiving. And, um,
1: Jameson, what, what do you, what's, uh, do you have anything to say to the people? Uh, no, just have a, um, safe Black Friday and get your deals. I'm all about deals. So it's going to be a good one and, uh, meet up with all your high school friends.
0: Oh yeah. I I know. Yeah. If you, if you see, if you see anyone, any, any one of us at a Fassler Hall or whatever, just get, get, wave, wave high, even though you probably won't, but that's okay. And you're also probably too old. To be at Fassler Hall at that point. But yeah, thank you. So uh, thanks for listening. We will see you Monday where we'll recap what happened in West Virginia and hopefully have a game to talk about uh, for the next week. So yeah, uh, happy Thanksgiving and Boomer Sooner.